What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of the Arena Alums Podcast, a Dayton, base, Dayton basketball podcast. This is Daniel Massa. I'm joined by my great friends Bobby Jagelski and Thomas Vonderhaar. We are all 2016 graduates of the University of Dayton, and um, we've honestly been kicking around this podcast idea, I almost feel like, since graduation, um, just kind of as a way to stay connected and bond over a great basketball program that we've all kind of come to love in different stages of our lives, definitely. So that's kind of where I want to go first on this inaugural episode. I want to give each of us kind of an introduction, and um, we're going to start off with Bobby, who's definitely got the longest history of being a UD fan, being from Dayton or the surrounding area. So Bobby, um, can you just start us off with your history of uh, being a UD fan and and just how you've gotten to this point? Yeah. uh, First, I want to say thank you to Danny for getting this all put together. Uh, I know, like you said, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, It's great to get this started. As he alluded to, um, I've been a Dayton fan for pretty much my whole life. My uh, dad had season tickets for 40 40 years, um, getting close to that number. And um, so I've been going to games since – um, I can remember the some of the earliest memories I have is the early 2000s, right around the uh, Brian Gregory tenure starting up. Um, I remember the kind of the end of the previous era with Frank Iguodala, uh, uh, Sean Finn, uh, Keith Walskowski, kind of they were ushering out um, when I started watching and becoming really into the basketball. So I remember them, Brian, uh, watching Brian Roberts take on Louisville by himself. Um, London Warren, those fun days, the Jacksonville Jet, uh, transitioning into Chris Johnson um, and Chris Wright. Those were fun times as well. So I've been doing that. And, you know, I always loved to date in basketball. And when we all got to UD in our freshman, sophomore years, it was great that we all were able to bond over it. And it was a lot of fun to have fellow Flyers that were super invested in the program and get to talk to them about everything going on. Absolutely. That sounds that sounds great. You bunch of name drop in there that I admit I don't recognize some of those names. I know you've you've mentioned a lot of them over the years. Um definitely the bigger names like Roberts and, and Wright and and London London Warren. You were a big fan of his, right? Oh yeah. London Warren was uh fun. He still owes me an autograph, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> um but yeah, the the early days, you know, Frank Iguodala is uh, Andre Iguodala's brother. So he's always kind of a fun connection to the to the UD program. And then uh, Keith Walskowski was a, a walk-on for the team that ended up um, getting a scholarship. And I think he has – oh, I think he had the rebounding record and may have been broken. Um, but he's up there, you know. He's just – and him being a, a Dayton guy as well, he went to Alter, which is, you know, basically down the street from UD. Um, it was just really cool kind of – some of those names for the people that know UD, um, they'll bring back memories for those people. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little more context. First of all, I should have brought up earlier. You and Thomas were freshman roommates. That's right. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you guys definitely go back way back, almost, gosh, eight years ago now. It's hard to believe. Fall yeah. of 2012. Um, so, Thomas, we'll go to you next. You're from – Mason, Ohio, right? Um, and definitely grew up yeah. more of a Buckeyes fan, but I've got to assume just from growing up in in the Southwest Ohio area, you at least had some understanding of, of Dayton basketball and, and what the program was like. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, um, you know, just thinking this through, uh, you know, Bobby being up in Dayton, uh, you know, he, his kind of story and history with, with, you know, UD and the basketball program is kind of what my childhood and upbringing was with Ohio state, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a Cincy born guy. I, uh, you know, my parents went to Ohio state. So growing up, it was, you know, bleeding scarlet and gray, you know, and, uh, you know, well, it's, it's kind of funny though, because while, um, you know, I am a Cincy born kid and while I'm, you know, really into like, you know, the reds, the Bengals, kind of those pro teams, I never really, um, you know, had that love affair with the, you know, the Xavier's or the UC's of the world because the allegiance was so strong as Bobby's is with UD with Ohio State for me. So um, kind of where, 
it all started with me with I had a couple cousins that um, went to UD. I actually had one who, um, and more distant cousin, but he uh, played at Moeller and uh, he was a walk on at UD, about three years older than than we are. And uh, so I was kind of like, okay, that that's kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. And that's when I kind of started following it. And uh, I remember visiting a cousin my senior year of high school up at Dayton and just went up there and, and stayed with her and her friends. And uh, I think my sister was up there with me too. And we watched the Dayton game where they were in the A-10 tournament and they were playing Xavier. And that's where it all kind of started. And then, um, and then you know, kind of fast forwarding into freshman year, when you run into a guy like Bobby, the hype really starts uh, coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we – Go ahead. Yeah, we, um, you know, we uh, get in, we get into our freshman dorm at Mary Crest and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we got, we got Archie. He's in town. You know, he's bringing in recruits. And those were back in the uh, Kevin Dillard, uh, Josh Benson years, if you yes, guys sir. Can, uh, yep. can recall those. And um, I'll tell you what, the uh, one of my, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a most precious memory or one of the more vivid memories I guess I have is um, going to the first UD Xavier basketball game. It was in March of 20, 2012. Is that what it was? Wow. Going back some years. But uh, I don't know even to this day that I have been a part or at an actual arena that loud. Um it's kind of up there with maybe the uh, the Boise State game in the in the tournament mm-hmm. in the arena, but man, when I when I showed up for that, I mean it it still gives me chills to this day. And uh, I think from that point forward, I was like, I'm all in, I'm all in. And uh, you know, it's funny too. I I also think about the Ohio State game when we matched up with those guys in the tournament, yep. and I just remember my dad being like, "Are you really going to be pulling for your Flyers in this one? Like all your life, you've been a Buckeye fan." And I I was like, "Yeah." I am. I hope we beat Aaron Kraft and those boys, even though I was born for him the whole entire year, you know? So I think that's when I knew, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, a, I'm a UD guy through and through. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's so easy to fall in love with this program. And, and then, like you said, Bobby's, Bobby's passion for it is definitely infectious. Um, I think it's kind of where we all got it from, at least to start with. And then I just, he's a wealth of knowledge about the history of this program. Uh, and it's he's he's definitely a good guy to talk to about this. So I'm really glad both of you are here for sure. Um, I'll just give a little bit of background about myself. I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. I fancy myself a huge college basketball fan, but I'm honestly kind of ashamed that I didn't know much about the Dayton program growing up. Um, I've, I'm a huge Butler fan, first of all. I grew up going to their games. We we lived about five minutes from the the classic Hinkle Fieldhouse, so. Started going to their games when they're still in the Horizon League, and I think maybe even when I was really young, they were in Dayton's conference, the old uh, MCC, I think it was called. I might be wrong on that. I should have looked that up before, but I know they played a little bit growing up. Um, but just honestly, I was, was that so. What was that, Bobby? Uh, the mid, uh, the mid Atlantic was it the Mid America Conference or something? I don't think it was the MAC. I think it was like the Mid Midwest Collegiate Conference. Maybe it was okay. like just before we were born. Um, but either way, it, that's all to say. I really did not know much about UD before I before I came there. Um, I definitely knew the basketball program was huge as I started looking more at going to school there. But it really wasn't until sophomore year with that Elite Eight run that I've just fell in love with the program. And it was obviously hard not to with just how it took over the, the campus and the city. And it was just so obvious how – how much the city rallies around that team and and I just I fell in love with it so just ever since been a huge fan I I had the pleasure of covering the team uh, as a senior in college I was a sports editor of Flyer News so had some awesome opportunities connected to that so I'm just having fun following them as as an alum and getting back to doing some more talking about it with with you guys so and hopefully we're trying to get some uh, some other friends involved in the coming weeks but just got this crew for this first episode and we just want to say thanks for anyone listening to this first one this is a lot of off-the-cuff stuff but we're just looking forward to 
just talking some hoops. So as since we got through the intro, let's just go through the first couple games of the season so far that have been pretty <laughs> not as great as I expected, I guess. I don't want to be too unfair. You know, obviously with everything going on right now with, with COVID, it's almost – it's obviously hard to ignore, but um, I'm trying not to focus too much on that right now, just, just on the basketball. So – they struggled against Eastern Illinois. I almost count that as a loss just in terms of how they played. Um, I don't know about you guys, but what, what was your first impression of this team in that Eastern Illinois game? Bobby, I'd love for you to kick this one off. <laughs> um, I got to hear this take first. You know, the, the Eastern Illinois game, um, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as more of an optimist. Uh, of the team, but I think it was, it was definitely the OB top and era is gone. I mean, that uh, it's hard to describe that. And I, and I don't want to play too much into the past of it, but um, that last year was definitely a different year. And that's, that's any season, every season's a new year and you start at zero, zero, all the old cliches of it. Uh, but I think that there was some, lingering uh you know hangover from last season and not just the Obi Toppin but um you know without um every every summer we hear about these secret scrimmages that go on uh Dane played UC not too long ago I think they played um they took on Illinois a couple years ago in these Mm -hmm. like quote-unquote secret scrimmages um and I think that that showed that we were uh we didn't have that the freshmen didn't have um the time in the summer to get acclimated to the rest of the team and stuff like that. And I think you saw where um, Eastern Illinois was a, had played two games ahead of us. They were, you know, they were a little more fluid and they were a little bit more uh, assured of themselves. And we were definitely still figuring ourselves out in that game. Um, so I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that um, from that perspective. Um, but into, into Eastern, sorry, not, nope. to, not to cut you off there, nope. Bobby, but, uh, you know, into Eastern Illinois credit, that's a veteran, that's a veteran squad. I mean, I know, you know, when you got Eastern Illinois or any of these, you know, states that start with East, <laughs> North, Southwest, right, that, that come in, you don't have a good feel for, or, you know, you just, you just know Dayton should take care of right. business, right? And we, right. we should look, we should look better, but to their credit, that's a veteran team right there. And, you know, while we did look a little ugly, um, you know, they were going against, you know, juniors and seniors that had played played together for a long time. And, you know, this core that we have now is still kind of forming. And like you said, the lack of, you know, experience, the lack of um, time together on the floor just due to COVID restriction and all of those, you know, you know, rules and guidelines that have been implemented where it's just been a challenge to, um, you know, watch Landers, Mike Sell, Obi all walk out the door and watch, you know, a bunch of freshmen come in the door to join forces with, you know, the Crutchers and the Ibby Watsons of the world, right? So, um, you know, you also got guys like, you know, Jordy, who are stepping into a starting role. You got a guy in Chase Johnson who, you know, played five, six, seven, eight games last year, right? So, um, you know, it's the lack of time. And then you're going against a team in Eastern Illinois that, you know, is veteran. It's a veteran squad. So, you know, I think overall, if we're looking at it optimistically and, I know Danny's got some um, some other things to say, but um, optimistic approaches. Listen, while it's Eastern Illinois, we were still up early. We showed spurts, but we just you know kind of ran flat at times too. And you know, at the end of the day, this is a team that you know probably you know taught us a lot about ourselves to some you know to some yeah. degree. You know, for a first game as as good as a you know that can be. You know, absolutely. That was going to be my main point. Uh, I was actually I wasn't able to watch the game live. I caught the um, the replay on ESPN Plus a few days later. I mean, I was definitely following it as the game went along, but wasn't able to actually watch it until afterwards. And like you said, the spurts started really early. I mean, we if you want to talk about optimism, there were a lot of things to be optimistic about those first five or so minutes. We were up 19 to four at one point. Um, just about five minutes into the half, and the offense looked like 
it picked up right where last season left off, even without Obi and and those seniors that you that you mentioned. Um, so I was all ready to just be expecting another blowout, you know, even though I knew the result. It it made it worse almost rewatching it because I knew that they got up by so much. They looked so impressive, and then something just happened, which you know it's going to be something to look at as they especially get into conference play with teams knowing how they play from the past few years under Anthony Grant. Um, so the offense is going to be something that I just think just needs a lot more time to gel because that system is when it's running well, it's so fun to watch. It's really impressive ball movement and off ball movement where there always seems to be some sort of area to attack. And whether it's just the guy not looking at the right place to find that spot or the team, the defense just cutting it off. There was something that obviously happened even throughout the Eastern game where they started getting figured out. Maybe they missed some easy shots that they usually make, but there was something there that didn't click the whole way that I thought was a little frustrating. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with what both of you said there. And, um, you know, like you said, the thing about something clicking, it, it's just I'm fascinated to know more about um, what differences this program has had to have with everything going on in the world around them. Um, and, you know, just watching watching it on TV, you can see how different that arena mm-hmm. is. And uh, I, I know those guys practice in that arena when it's empty, but uh, it's still just a different thing when you when you're used to, you know, 15,000 people in there. And now all of a sudden there's 300. Um, if that it's. It's interesting. I definitely wonder how that plays on the guys. I don't know. I don't know if you guys, what you guys think about this, but just watching the game, right, and and saying, okay, Eastern Illinois is coming in the door to play. I mean, Grant's got all these puzzle pieces, and he's trying to figure out how they fit, right? And he's he's trying to figure out that formula that to get as close to where we were last year as you possibly can, right? And uh, there's a lot of inexperience. I found it. I found it just really interesting the lack of playing time from the freshman mm-hmm. that first game. Do you guys, you guys did, you guys have that same feel? For sure. I did. I guess, you know, you, you don't know what to expect. And that's another thing with not even having exhibitions, let alone secret scrimmages, where at least that exhibition game, you expect to see basically everyone on the roster and you don't necessarily look at the rotation as anything set in stone, but it at least gives you some time to, to see the new faces and see how they mesh with, with everyone else. But now that they just had this first game that counted, Grant, I think, definitely was going off of what he saw in practice, and he must not have seen enough from from definitely uh, Luke Frazier. I guess Kobe Bria, uh, I I'm, don't know how to pronounce his name for sure. Um, one of the other freshmen got hurt in practice and had seen some reports that he was impressing uh, early on and might have earned himself some, some good playing time. Um, but... And then R.J. Blakeney was the only freshman who played, um, at least true freshman. And he only got six minutes in that game, got pulled pretty early on in the first half after a couple of mistakes. Um, so, yeah, I, I was definitely intrigued by, by the lack of playing time from the freshman and then the, the amount of playing time for uh, Christian Wilson, the walk-on. Um, yeah, I'll follow up with that point real quick here. Um, that I, I, I am surprised at the lack of playing time that the freshmen saw. Um, I think you brought up good points, Danny, that, um, Bria was hurt and RJ, uh, blankly saw a few minutes, but got kind of pulled early there. Um, but I was actually just kind of thinking about it. And if you look at that, since, um, Grant's been here and I know it's only been four years, his freshmen don't typically play a lot. If you think about it, you know, OB Reg and, there could, this could just be a correlation or, um, you know, could just be kind of a, you know, it could just be a coincidence, but you think about, um, Obi Toppin redshirted his freshman year. Um, Frankie, uh, I always call him Bolicelli. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly or not, but he didn't play much his freshman year. Um, you look at last year, um, uh, is it, I call him Cisco. <laughs> I know that's not the pronunciation. Cisco. Cisco. Yeah. Uh, he redshirted and then you had Zimmy come in halfway through the year and he redshirted. So there's, there's definitely a trend there. I think of Grant wants to develop his guys 
And I think um, kind of transitioning to a point you brought up about the walk-on Christian Wilson, Northmont represent, um, he uh, he got more time. And I think that's a reflection of he knows defensive rotations. He knows the offense. He's been there. Um, he's been there for – I think he's a junior now. Um, yeah, I think that's right. So he's been there. So he knows what Grant looks for. And um, I, and I think that that was kind of more of a trust thing than a statement thing. If you look back a few years ago, I know um, when Grant first got here, he made a statement in one of his games and he put Joey Gruden in into a live game with like eight minutes left over some scholarship players. And it, it was to send a message, if, you know, if you want to believe um, the what people were saying at the time, but um, he's not afraid to trust his walk-ons if they know the system and, and know what they're doing. No, that's true. He's, he's definitely shown that. Um, and he's earned, especially last year, you know, he's earned my trust with, with a lot of things. So, and, and obviously it's early, definitely still time for the freshmen and some other guys to just get more reps in practice, keep showing that they belong and um, just keep doing the right things. And they'll definitely find the floor. Grant, Grant has shown that you got to earn your time, which I completely respect. That's the way you need to run a program, especially, you know, looking ahead to the next couple of years where he's got a hell of a recruiting class coming in next year. But, you know, if they're paying attention now, it shows that it does not matter what kind of uh, hype you come in with. You've still got to earn your time. Um, so the rest of that game, honestly, not sure how much we can take away from it for some of the reasons that we've already talked about. Um, starters played a lot of minutes, which could be a trend going forward. A.B. Watson led all players with 37. Um, I'd love to see him get that much time, you know, as much as he can every game without tiring him out. He's one of my favorite players on this team. But we'll see how the rotation kind of keeps going going forward. Yeah. Um, if we're uh, just a couple things I wanted to touch on on this game before we move on. Um, I think we saw in that game uh, there was definitely some rebounding. Um where we got out rebounded by Eastern Illinois and a much smaller team. Uh, if you just go off of sizes, uh, got out rebounded, uh, by three. So not a big, not a big margin, but definitely something, um, that a smaller team shouldn't be out rebounding us with the, with the likes of, uh, Jordy at six eleven, um, Cisco at six, nine, you got it. And yeah. so on down the list. Um, but that was definitely something I wanted to keep an eye on going into the next game. And then definitely Chase Johnson coming in um, after missing se- the second semester last year and getting 14 points going three of three from three point range. Um, you know, obviously no one's going to be Obi Toppin, but having somebody that can kind of uh, a big down low that can stretch the court, I think was something that uh, was really interesting to get to see. And we'll see if he's able to continue that moving forward. Yeah. He's been really impressive his first two games. I, um, Honestly, didn't know what to expect after last year. Um, honestly, the, mm-hmm. the first few games that he got time in last season, I wasn't able to watch that closely. Um, so really, I just had some stats to go off of and kind of his reputation of you know being a big time recruit, going to Florida right out of high school and then transferring in. You know, it was it was a big name, big get for the program and. I'm definitely happy to see him get more and more comfortable. He had that health scare last year with the with concussions. Actually, had to leave school, um, so it's been great to to see him come back and establish himself these first couple games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what your guys' and you know initial take is, or you know, like what a comp would be, but he kind of has a little bit of OB in him um, to some degree. I mean, maybe not the athleticism as much and they do definitely play a different style, but you know, basically being able to play that inside out game, he can play with his back to the basket. He can, he can shoot the three. I mean, he's four for four from three uh, so far through his first two games. Um, not sure he'll be, you know, sticking at that a hundred percent from three point range um, stat, but uh, for long, but um you know, I mean, it's very, it's very positive to see what he's done in just the first two games. He has a pretty um, athletic 
way that he kind of mm-hmm. moves on the floor. So, uh, I mean, if this team, honestly, if this team's going to be a tournament team, he's going to have to be. No, definitely. Player. You can definitely see the potential. And if, if this team is going to have a rim runner like Obi, it's, it's going to be Chase, you know, where you're going to get him going off screens, rolling to the basket, and, and then it's just up to the guards to hit him in the right spot. And he's shown that he can, you know, he's got the touch around the rim to finish, and he can definitely get up there and, and dunk it in as well. Heading into the SMU game, it just happened uh, yesterday, 2 p.m. start. Would have been a classic non-conference matchup at UD Arena. It still was. It was kind of your normal, really two evenly matched teams, pretty close the whole way, and uh, ended up a 66-64 SMU win on a last-second bucket. Pretty frustrating ending. Uh, and Yeah, very brutal. Brutal. It was a little brutal. like last year, the Colorado game and the Kansas game, even though Kansas went to overtime. But the Colorado game especially, there was a late shot, I think, by Toppin, a late three to take the lead. But then Colorado came right back down and hit a game winner. Same thing happened here, but even more uh, quickly. There wasn't even a timeout in between. Um, A.B. Watson hitting a three to take the lead with like five seconds left. SMU just got all the way down the floor, got way too close to the basket and put up a floater and it, and it bounced in. Um, but I think, you know, some of the trends from, from the first game carried over here. The bench was still not great, not used too much at all. Um, Sissoko was the only bench guy with double-digit minutes, and he was, to me, the best player on the bench. Um, but still oh, by far. just not by far. enough from this all-around team yet to pull out a win against a solid team in SMU. Yeah, I think uh, what I want to highlight are, are two things, and, and I'll speak from a more positive angle here, is, listen, you know, the, this team, the biggest thing for them right now is is they got they got to play games, you know? Like SMU, I yep. think that was their fourth or fifth game. Um, you know, Eastern Illinois, they had, they had two in them before they played us. Like, in order to gel and figure out what this formula is, they they just got to play games. And so, um, you know, while it's, while it's frustrating to see them lose in, in a fashion they did yesterday, you know, it's not, it's not time to hit the, uh, you know, the emergency button here and, and, and really freak out. SMU was a team that I thought, I thought they were a lesser squad than we were. I, I didn't think they had the offense that we had. Um, I think they really only had two guys they could really go to for scoring. And we have probably, probably three with Ibby, with uh, Crutcher, and with Chase. Um, but I, I think a key player that really made a big difference yesterday that I was just not happy with after mm-hmm. game one was, was Jordy. Um, man, did he come out and look different. And that really um, brought a lot of energy um, into yesterday's game. I mean, he had – almost a double-double at halftime. I think he had eight rebounds going into half. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for, if, if it wasn't for a, a few free throws at the end there that he missed that we really needed to drop, um, you know, he was every bit of your player of the game yesterday, affecting, you know, on the defensive end first. And, uh, you know, had a couple uh, jump hooks there um, with the left. And, uh, you know, he was just a bright spot. And I just thought he looked – not great, kind of out of sorts that first game. And, and you know, that speaks to just needing to play more, you know. Like, after game one, I was like, man, it's a lot of a lot of last year with him. You know, I, I don't see the big jump that he's made. And, you know, yesterday he clearly showed, you know, it was just first game jitters or, you know, first game just trying to get in the flow of things because he was night and day difference. And then another guy, and I know we've mentioned him a couple times, Sissoko, I mean – the dude, I, I can't yeah. even believe how big he is. Six nine, two fifty, two fifty. I mean, he's he's got forty pounds, maybe maybe thirty, forty pounds on Obi. It felt like. I mean, he is he is a monster. And you know what? He in the short time we've watched him, he does. He really moves well for that size. I mean, a lot of it, you know, early on is going to be what's the eye test. 
with some of these guys? You know, how do they look when they dribble? How do they look when they move? How do they look when they shoot? You know, not not the end result. Does it go in or, you know, whatever? It, it's really just going to come down to eye test right now. And he moves really well for a guy at 6'9". He had a couple shots that were unfortunately blocked on the offensive end that you thought maybe he was going to get a bucket or kind of maybe impact things a little bit more on that end. But defensively, he was he was awesome down low. And I can't imagine being a guard coming off a screen meeting that guy because he is he is huge. And I mean, he just had that feel yesterday where it was like this guy is going to be a key guy coming off the bench for us if we're going to get anywhere this year he's going to have to play some of those minutes especially if Jordy or Chase get in get in uh get in some foul trouble so I don't know that was those were kind of my two highlights of the game the other day just eye test looking at Jordy looking at Sostoko we know we have guard play and Ibby and Crutcher but it's going to be what do we have down low or kind of at that three four position that can uh, kind of impact the game yeah definitely Sostoko is really impressive and and same here I noticed it more defensively than offensively it's not only how he moved but you know he was in the right positions he knew where he needed to go you know he played the post really well you know even fronting some guys trying to deny the pass but then he was also able to recover if if the pass was still able to get through. So I think just fundamentally, he's definitely been coached up. That redshirt year helped him last year, as it seems to help a lot of guys, especially big guys. They take a little longer sometimes to develop and kind of learn all the ins and outs of the position. Um, So definitely, I I agree. I think the front court can be even more of a strength than I kind of anticipated. You know, obviously Crutcher and Chapman and Ibby were kind of the three guys that everyone was focusing on coming into the year just with how they played last year and, you know, what we know they can bring. But the front court has has been a good surprise for me so far this year. Yeah, I just want to – I just want to add to that. I'm a – I love the three-point shot as much as the next guy, but, man, it's fun to watch big guys (laughs) bang, and it's so nice to have a big guy down low and Jordy. And and I know we had him last year, but um, I think he was still kind of getting his legs back under him last year for after sitting out a year for red shirt. So to have him and uh, Cisco <laughs> in there and being able to watch them, uh, watch them be able to bang and just have that presence. I mean, I think you go back to it had to be Big Steve was the last true big man we had down in the post. So it's so nice to be able to see uh, see us be able to go to that if we want to. Uh, where I know in the last in the most recent years, you know, it's been Josh Cunningham um, and. Uh, you know, Costas, Atentacubo was here for a little bit, things like that. But those guys weren't really bangers. You know, they were more stretch guys. And uh, I think Josh kind of played out of position yeah. when he was at the five. But, yeah, very nice to see these guys back in there. Uh, great to see Jordy uh, really bounce back strong. Eight, 12 rebounds in this game, in the SMU game. Um, you know, early on he looked like he had a pretty decent uh, free throw shot. Uh, his stroke was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, missing those down the stretch, uh, there's definitely room for improvement with this team. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back moving forward. Um, looking at that game, I mean, you look at Ibby with 23. That's a huge night for him, watching him develop. I know you said, Danny, he's one of your favorite players. Um, it, it, it's great to see him being able to take over. Um, it's really interesting to see Jalen Crutcher still not, you know, not dominating games like, uh, we've seen him do yeah. in the past. So uh, being able to see the rest of the team step up, even though it wasn't a heartbreaking loss, um, seeing the guys around him kind of step up was definitely – it was nice to see because I definitely think Jalen will be able to turn his game around um, as the season goes on. Yeah. First of all, Bobby, I got to call I gotta call this out. You're not allowed to um, pronounce uh, Sissoko. His name is now – his name is now Sissoko. <laughs> On your end. Okay. Hey. So, I don't, so while everyone else says Sissoko, you cannot say that. You can't change All right. It, so. All right. Hey, if you guys are good with me it's having my stuff. nicknames, I know I can't pronounce yeah, names. So as long as you guys are the fact, buddy, I will, I will keep my nicknames going. Jordy is uh, Chimichanga to me. It's not uh, Tishamanga. So, yeah, we know who you're That's talking right. about. That's, all that That's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Podcast one, we're establishing. Yeah, this, okay? the fans, the uh, the early adapters will know. You know, the the people that adopt later on, they'll be wondering who I'm talking about and stuff. If I even know what I'm doing here, but the early <laughs> birds will know what's going on. 
That's right. We'll have to dig into the archives. <laughs> exactly. For exactly. To figure out what that's all. Yeah, about. I want to focus on Crutcher <laughs> a little more for a second. Um, you know, I think he's honestly been a victim of his own expectations from you know how he played his first three years, mm-hmm. being a you know now a four year starter. I have been pretty, uh, you know, disappointed might not be the best word. These are so college kids we're talking about, but um, just surprised that really his lack of involvement. One of the notes I I wrote down from yesterday's game was I was surprised at, you know, how much Chapman was bringing the ball at the floor. You know, and especially these days, modern offenses, um, I try not to focus so much on that, you know, because eventually you're going to get the ball in, in the guy's hands that you want. It doesn't always have to be initiated by <clears throat> by the same guy, but I just, I do think Crutcher works best with the ball in his hands. Um, so it was interesting to see him off ball so much. But when he did have the ball, um, he just did not seem like himself on a lot of possessions. Still had seven assists, but did have five turnovers. And I know the color guy on the on the game yesterday just kept saying he thought he didn't look comfortable. I don't know if if that's necessarily a fair fair statement or an accurate statement. But he's definitely not looked like himself uh, these first couple games. What do you guys think? Um, I got I got two things on this. So, one, listen, he's playing in a different he's playing in a different system. You know, I mean, I know it's the same system under Grant, but they got different pieces this year. You know, they had Obi last year. They had a veteran in Landers. They had Mike Sell. Roles were defined. Things were very clear. Ball movement was really good, and everyone trusted everybody, right? And now you're stepping in this year where you don't really got that OB-type player, you know, that completely game-changing player because you are that player for this team, right? And now you got to be the guy that shoulders the load. And I think that has, you know, a little bit – that plays with your mind a little bit. And if you watched the Eastern Illinois game, he didn't look that interested, and he was just kind of trying to figure it out, it felt like. And yesterday, if you really noticed, I mean, he took a three yeah. from it felt like half court. I mean, and, and I know he's – I know he can shoot those shots. I know he can make those NBA-type threes, and we've seen that plenty over the years. Um, gosh, we've been watching this kid for – this is our fourth year watching him. He started as a freshman, yep. um, and he's got that ability, but – you could even just see once the threes didn't fall, he took two early and one was that really deep one and they, they both missed. And then all of a sudden he really started trying to drive into the paint and he's trying to, you know, get a quick layup or whatever. And those weren't falling. And he just seems to be pressing a little bit. And that's, that's just something where, you know, you got to take a step back. Grant's got to maybe take a look and say, okay, how can we get this guy, a bucket or two early in the game where we can get the confidence flowing a little bit because I mean, heck you, you go play, you know, pickup at, you know, the UD rec. If you just, you know, hit that first three or get that first layup and you start building the confidence, like, Oh, I can score out here. I can play, you know? And uh, you know, I, I just don't think he's gotten that momentum going yet. Two is, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but teams are mm-hmm. really kind of honing in on him. I, you know, the, the there's a book that seems to be kind of out there, even just watching in these first two games of how this is how we're going to defend the Flyers. And it was pretty evident they're going to make us they're going to teams are going to make us beat them by getting the ball down low and having the score in the paint, um, because every time Crutcher drove, they would you would see as he got into the paint, there was a guy who came over and he would almost be doubled. And that's why he ran into a lot of a couple charges yesterday, but they really start to double him as he dribbles more and get the ball out of his hand and into someone else's hands to make a play because they know he's the guy that makes it run. And if they can slow down him, then they can slow down the machine as a whole. And that's why it's key for other guys like Ibby, like Chapman even um, to really kind of get going and pick it up because if those guys really get it going and we've seen Ibby get it going, like I, I don't think we have any concerns there, but guys like Chapman, guys like Jordy need to be able to score consistently. Guys like uh, Chase Johnson need to kind of score um, consistently. So that way it opens it back up and they're like, all right, no, it's definitely the cliche. Yep. Go ahead. Bobby. I, I agree. I think Thomas nailed, um, nailed it on the head. Um, I think, like you said, um, even though it's the same system, it is different guys. And if you look back at last year, Obi and Mike Sell are two primary forwards 
uh, were both guys that could stretch the floor and they could uh, pull their defender out to three-point land because they were a threat from there. Jordy's not that guy. Jordy's going to make his living in the paint. And so that's something that I think is definitely a difference that Crutcher's not used to having that 6'10 center down low with him when he goes in. And like you said, as soon as he goes in, uh, as soon as he makes a drive, that guy comes over and that's just a different feel. He doesn't have Obi or Mike Tell to kick it out to. Uh, he's got Chase, but um, if Chase guy's out there and he's dealing with Jordy's guy, then yeah, he's got to be able to adjust to that. And uh, it, and I think you nailed the second point too. The you know the I'm watching this and the game I'm thinking of last year is uh, against Rhode Island and Fats Russell, and we uh, as a team, the Dayton basketball team, uh, made it tough. We we pretty much said in that game we're not going to let Fats beat us. And we had Chapman locking him down and we had guys cheating over towards him, you know, just making him uncomfortable to say, we know what you're trying to do. Someone else is going to have to beat us. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is that exactly like you said, Thomas, that um, they're keying in on uh, Crutcher and they're trying to get him uncomfortable. And it's just going to be getting other guys going so that they can't do that. And then that'll alleviate some of that, attention that's on crutcher and then he'll be the guy we know he can be um but that that's like you said it's just going to take time and games uh get some film see what we can do um and i trust that this staff will be able to make those yeah. adjustments going forward yeah and like to danny's point too you know crutcher is best when he's got the ball right and, <laughs> and we know it's great to have chapman out there because he can he can handle the ball too and it's good to mix it up and give a different look and maybe run Jalen off some screens or whatever it is um, in the flow of the offense, the ball is really moving around a lot still. But I think it'd be huge if Grant, to get him going, would just give him the ball in those first, you know, two, three minutes and really have him drive the start of the game, get a couple good looks that he can knock down and uh, or a couple easy buckets, a couple easy layups, even an assist, you know, where, where he draws two guys and he can drop one off to Chase or Jordy for, you know, a quick layup or dunk. I mean, that stuff is going to grow his – is going to grow his confidence early in games and it's going to create momentum for him to be invested. From, yeah, that's a great point. Tip, you know, I think all, all of these are, are definitely in the mix of, you know, of what we've seen from him these first couple of games and then and definitely the cliche of, you know, being number one on the scouting report. Now he's got to get used to that. And, and I know he will, and I know the coaching staff is going to help him get through it. They're going to devise some, some different things to get him open looks like you guys have said, get him involved early. So I'm not that, you know, I'm really not worried at all. If I'm worried, it's not much about him. He's he's shown enough his first three years to, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's he's a tremendous college basketball player. So once, you know, that's kind of the optimistic way to look at it. It's once he gets back to himself, uh, it can really unlock some things for, these, for this team. Um, do you guys want to just kind of go through a little quickly, um, just kind of each guy and his performance so far this year? We'll start with the starting yeah. lineup. Yeah, since we, yeah, since we already kind of got into it with Crutcher, let's, for sure. Let's kick All right, so Rodney Chapman, others. he's kind of your prototypical uh, defense first guy. You know, if you want to harken back to a former Flyer, um, most in the Kyle Davis mold, I would say, definitely a little bigger and stronger, but same style of player. Um, I think he's kind of shown so far this year what he had his his first. Um, what just one year as a flyer I there's been so many transfers I can't keep straight of of how much they've played at Dayton uh he yeah last year was his first season I believe uh playing he was he sat out a year than he played last year so so far this year I I think he's been kind of the same player and it's not a bad thing you know we know what he's going to give us he had uh three rebounds two blocks from the guard spot is is really solid and that's kind of what he's shown he he just gets after it defensively and almost any points he gives you is going to be kind of gravy yeah i mean i i totally agree i mean um like you said i mean you got you hit it you hit the nail on the head with that one i mean he's defense first guy he can take on the other team's number one guy at the guard position which he which he did yesterday um against uh against davis uh smu's guard who who was their scoring who's their scoring threat i mean he's the guy that kind of makes it run on that end he's their Jalen crutcher and uh he was while he had a good game um he was clearly frustrated at times and pressing and uh unfortunately he kind of had a spurt where he really got it going but as we got down in those final 
two, three minutes, you know, it might even been, you know, five, four minute mark right in there. I mean, he was, he was frustrated. Uh, Chapman uh, wasn't biting, wasn't biting on his, uh, you know, his head fakes, his ball fakes. And he uh, was able to block him on one possession. They were able to turn him over um, just, you know, dribbling the ball as well when he got in the paint. And um, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what he is. Um, My biggest kicker with him is we really need to see more from him on the offense end. He was able to knock a three down um, the other day in the second half, which was big. We, it was a momentum three that we needed um, as we were kind of in a scoring drought and uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, very, very much so um, a Kyle Davis guy. I mean, Kyle Davis-esque player. And, um, you know, the hope is there that, you know, he can provide a little bit more offense this year because we, we need it because we, we lost Landers, we lost Mike. So we lost Obi, and we got to be able to, uh, you know, Crutcher can't shoulder the load on all that. Chase Johnson can't shoulder – the load on all that it needs to kind of be uh, spread around a little bit and and uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for him to do this year hopefully a little bit yeah I agree with both, both of you said uh definitely he's got that quote-unquote you know junkyard dog in him I love watching him play defense he locks down uh usually always has the best um he's guarding the best guard on the other team and uh it's just fun to watch him frustrate guys like you said Thomas um, and I think he's still trying to kind of figure out his role coming in here. You know, at Chattanooga, um, his sophomore year, he averaged 13 points a game. Um, and I think that he's just trying to figure out how he can work in with next to, you know, a guy like Jalen Crutcher. I don't think he had that talent next to him at Chattanooga. Um, and I, I agree with you as well, Thomas, that if he can improve his shooting, that will be huge for this team. Um, and uh, I think that that's definitely a step forward that I'd like to see out of him. Um, but I do think that he is our defensive tone setter and uh, just, you know, he, he does it very well, frustrates guys, but you don't see him chirping or, you know, you, you don't see him getting in guys' face. I think he's very good with what he does. He does his, he lets his play do the talking, which I'm a big fan yeah, of with him. Me too. You can just see it in how he plays. Um, he's definitely got that fire, but he, but he controls it well. Um, all right, heading into mm-hmm. Ibby Watson now, the third guard. I had a tweet yesterday, shameless plug, um, <laughs> that he's he's like the quietest scorer that I can remember in a long time. And it might just be kind of in how he plays in general. He's so smooth. You know, he kind of glides out there. It almost looks effortless. But then I look up and he finished, finishes 23 points, um, 9 of 14 from the field, and he played all 40 minutes with six rebounds as well. So he's the type of player that, almost could end up being a leading scorer in this team. I would definitely wouldn't be surprised. And really, if at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looked at as kind of the team MVP, even over Crutcher. He's just got that skill. Obviously had it coming out of high school, being able to go to Michigan, didn't necessarily work out there. And, and he's come back to UD and really found his place. Um, and just, I love the way he plays. Yeah, I, I, I think you said a lot of really good stuff there, Danny. Um uh, easily the quietest 23 I've seen in a long time from a guy. Um, I don't know if that's just not being at the building or what it was, but yeah, I, I was definitely surprised when I looked at the box score at the end of the night and he had 23. Um, definitely a guy that comes in, uh, can shoot the ball, shoots the three extremely well. Just one of the best shooters um, I've seen in a long time, just for, uh, pure stroke wise and all that. And, um, him being able to play all 40 minutes is huge. That was another thing that I just – I didn't realize. He he was in the game the whole time. Um, solid defender. You don't have to worry about him being a liability. Um, and, you know, he, he he knows what he's doing. I mean, that's – a it's uh, all you got to say about him. You know, maybe you'd like to see him you know, get other guys involved a lot. But, you know, I think that you all have to be careful with that because you have Chapman and Crutcher that are too – Gar, you know, uh, that are guys that can distribute the ball. So you don't, you don't want to get in the mindset of mm-hmm. always making the extra pass. You know, the extra pass is always nice when it leads to scoring, but when it leads to a turnover, all of a sudden, you know, it's not the best thing to do. So I think he's in a great role, like you said. I think he's got to be competing for team MVP. Um, and I, I mean, if he can keep this up and the rest of the team get moving at this pace, I, I think we're in for a good season if we, if that can happen. Yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I don't have a, a ton to add. I think you guys, you know, 
absolutely covered exactly what I was going to say on Ibby. Um, I think the thing to maybe um, look at as, you know, we see more games is as this team struggles in certain spots during the game offensively where we have these droughts, um, you know, I kind of hope that, you know, he's a guy who, you know, instead of just scoring a quiet 23 over the course of the game, you know, he's just this, he's just a machine scoring the ball. I mean, he had a couple of threes the other day where you're like, Oh, what even a great look. And he knocked it down and he's got this high arcing three ball that you're, that you don't see that often anymore. Um, he's just got a smooth way about him, but I'm really hoping that, like when we get in these scoring droughts, he's a guy who kind of takes initiative and it's like, all right, we've, we haven't gotten a bucket in three minutes. Like, give me the ball and let's, let's, let's get, let's get some, you know? And that's kind of what I'm looking for from him. Um, you know, it's hard. Like you said, Danny, he is quiet and, you know, it's hard for me to even remember like when he scored or how he scored at times, because you don't even yep. think about it. You're just kind of expecting it almost that he's going to get a bucket when he's got the ball. Um, and you know, he, he did score, I'm sure in pivotal times yesterday to keep the game going, but I'm just, when, when we're getting in these droughts, when Crutcher's struggling, I'm, I'm really hoping that he can be that, that crutch to some degree. Um, I almost let that go, but, um, but, uh, I'm really hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm really hoping he can be a guy who take, you see him take the initiative. Give me the ball. Let's pick and roll this. Let's get a yeah. bucket. You yeah. Know, he did hit that. He hit the, the go ahead shot at the end yesterday. It was off a tremendous, uh, play right. drawn up by Grant. Um, if, if you go back and look at it, a bit of an elevator set on the, it was. on the side, it was. um, that, that got him open and the defender almost recovered, but if was able to, to get it out of his hands quick enough, um, but yeah, other than that, I, I totally agree. He just he picks his spots, and he's usually really good at picking those spots, and he usually executes. Um, so definitely looking forward to to seeing how he plays the rest of the season and see how much of the load he can shoulder. Um, we've touched on Chamanga and, and Johnson a little bit um, throughout this episode. I I don't have too much to add on on either of those guys. I mean, I've, I've definitely been pleasantly surprised by Johnson if if he can be kind of that third scorer as he's been these first couple games. Um, I think it'll really help him with things up. Like like you guys have said, he's he's an inside-out kind of guy, can really space the floor so far this season. Um, so he really could be kind of that cliched X factor for for the offense, at least offensively. And um, I haven't, haven't been too impressed with him defensively, to be honest. He's gotten beat down low, I think, a few times, just kind of out of position, not moving his feet as well as he should be. Um, but definitely time to work on that. I don't know if, if either of you guys have, have any more to add on Chase. Yeah, my comp for him is uh, Kevin Love. That's what he kind of reminds me of. <laughs> he, he, can, he can get buckets down low when he needs to with his back to the basket, and he can pop out for a three. I just I just really hope – I know he's four for four from three, and you know he's shown he, he can shoot it. I really just hope that he establishes that he's, he's a legit three-point shooter and uh, as the season goes on because – you know, Obi could space the floor, and um, you know we had a lot of guys last year who could space the floor. And, and you know, with Jordy not really being a uh, you know a shooter, you know playing the five, I really hope that Chase can establish that because that's going to open things up for our guards. But let, you know, nothing nothing really else to add. I feel like we've touched on him a good amount. He's like you said that cliched X factor I think for this team as well. All right, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you guys. Um, Shimon, <laughs> I, I wanted to add a, a while ago when, when you first brought him up, um, you know, you mentioned how he, he struggled a little bit against Eastern, maybe some jitters, first game jitters. And I think even kind of the first first half of the first half yesterday, uh, he had a couple plays where he just didn't finish, didn't execute how he should have. And then especially uh, I remember a, kind of a silly mm-hmm. travel where he just kind of got caught in the middle of the lane. Didn't really know what to do. I think he had a pretty easy passing opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think to chase under the basket, and he he kind of knew it. You knew you could tell he saw it, but he he kind of mm-hmm. moved uh, too quickly for his own good and and traveled. But then after that point, he really turned it on. Um, that's kind of I think he had a really nice stretch of a block shot and assist on a fast break, um, and then a, a couple nice finishes down low. So maybe that kind of got him out of his funk. He did miss those free throws late in the game, but big guys now, especially it seems, um, 
you kind of have to expect a couple misses. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of how the game's gone um, lately. He did make his first two, and it looked like a, a pretty solid shooting stroke, but missed those three, the last three of, of the game. Um, so something to improve on for sure. But all in all, all in all, I I, I like what, what I've seen out of him. Yeah. And, you know, no matter where the game's going in terms of, you know, all the three-point shooting, you can always use a big guy down low just to clean things up and and be a force down there. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with Jordy is, is listen, he's not he's not your crutcher impact, Ibby Watson, Chase Johnson impact guy. You know what I mean? He's but he, but he's got to be he's got to be consistent with what what he puts on the floor on on a given night and you're going to need him. You know, you're really going to need him. We don't have a lot of depth, you know. It's clear that the uh, the freshmen aren't as far along as they want them to be or need them to be. Um, and hopefully that grows. Like we saw some nice spots in Sissoko or Cisco, whoever, whatever his name is. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, what you saw in the first half from Jordy yesterday is what you need from him. You know, playing good defense, you know, if they make a bucket, it's a tough bucket. You know, he had a couple actually a place where he knocked balls out of guys' hands where, where, you know, I thought, Oh, maybe it looked like a foul, but it was clean, you know, where he's able to get us out in yep. transition. He had a block where he pinned one on the board the other day, which was, I was not expecting, you know, if he can do those things and then, you know, he, you know, put a couple left hooks in, you know, for, you know, from, from the block. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for with him. And uh, that's what you want to see from him on a consistent basis. Unfortunately, like you said, though, Danny, there are a number of those, you know, you know, hooks from the block or from the middle of the paint where you you, you really need them to go and, and they don't always go. And, you know, you just got to, you know, take those um, take those lumps when they happen. Um, but, you know, I was impressed with his free throw shooting, you know, at least through his first two shots. And then he missed his last three. But, um, yeah, you just. Guys like that remind me of guys like Landers last year. You know, you, you, they do all the dirty work and the stuff that doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. But um, you know, that's that's what he's got to be for us this year. Yeah, the the word I want to associate with Jordy mm -hmm. is active. Um, I think in the Eastern Illinois game, there was a couple of points where um, I remembered that a shot would go up and it bounce off the rim, and I. And uh, an Eastern Illinois guy would grab it. He'd jump up and grab it. And I'd look and Jordy was still on the ground. And I'm like, if that guy <laughs> would just jump, uh, you know, he's going to win how many percent of balls? Because, I mean, if he jumps, his, his eyes are at the rim. He's so big. Um, and that was something that I was definitely more impressed with in the SMU game is I think he was more active in the rebounding. He was jumping. He was fighting. Um, and he was more active as well in defending the uh, – defending the paint uh thomas you brought up the point of him not having the the jalen or chase kind of uh impact but i think with with a 611 guy of his size even if he just cheats over when a guy drives that that guy has to think about how am i going to get the shot over a 611 guy um uh, right and i think that can make a difference and I, I actually made a note in the second half of that game at the 17 minute 17 and about 40 second mark uh we were up six and jordy went out with his third foul he came back in at the 9.45 mark, and we were only up one. Um, and that was just about a minute before we started having all the lead changes. 8.41, SMU took the lead, 49.48. Um, so just his impact on momentum as well, just having him in there um, to be that presence inside, to be active, like you said, just uh, blocking shots, being able to just disrupt the bigs. Um, you can see down there when the guys try to move him, he's not moving, and that that can throw off an offense. If you got a big guy that's just camping down there, um, you got to account for that. So I think that that's where his presence will be more felt. Um, and I think, like you said, if he can get a little more consistent on offense, that would be huge for us. Just having that consistency down low like that note uh, would be Bobby, big as well. You're showing us up a little bit. I, you know, I, I wanted to have some thoughts prepared. You know, I knew you guys would have uh, you guys would have good thoughts and insights. So I just wanted to make sure I had some numbers prepared so I could throw <laughs> yeah, those in there if I needed it. You know. Guy. All right. Well, I've, this has been been a hell of a good time so far. Um, it's been really fun getting to hear all your guys' thoughts. Looking ahead, just quickly to to the next week or so. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of hoping this is this becomes a weekly thing. Um. We'll do it, you know, as, as much as we can. 
throughout the season. Um, so just almost right after the game, it seemed yesterday, they, uh, they scheduled Northern Kentucky for Tuesday. It was a date that had gotten canceled. I cannot, was it Bellerman who was supposed to, we were supposed to play, I believe, or Belmont, Bellerman. Um, yes. Okay. I think that was for the first yeah, That's game. right. Bellerman. I think Purdue Portland. So I don't really, not much recon on, on NKU. I know they lost their coach. Their coach went to UC, not much of a move. Um, but they, they had kind of been, you know, one of the more up and coming mid-major programs the last few years. So they're definitely not going to be a, a cupcake for sure. Um, but like Thomas said earlier, this is for me. This is all just about getting more games under their under UD's belt. Um, would obviously love a win. That's you know always the most important thing. But for me on Tuesday, I'm more just going to be looking at how these guys are playing. If there's if they're a little more crisp on offense, that's just my hope. You know, even half by half, um, if we can just see some improvement as we go along, that's that's the most thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you alluded to it um, earlier as well. I mean, the big thing going forward is is to play these games and um, and to improve every day. And it sounds cliche, but that's that's really what's going to be with this team until they can find that formula um, to really go out there and play with more confidence. And um, I think NKU, the biggest hitters to um, kind of look at when you're watching this game is turnover battle. Where are we at there? Because – Yesterday, there were just – I don't know what the turnover um, stats were yesterday, but, gosh, it just felt like in, in certain times where we were kind of going into a drought or, you know, as a couple off possessions, it was a travel followed up by, you know, another another turnover or, you know, something got mishandled in transition. You know, just those small things that, you know, add up over time to where, you know, you, you lose by – you lose at the buzzer and you're like, man, really felt like we were the better team and really felt like we should have been able to beat these guys, you know, and really extend our yep. lead from when we were up 10, you know, in the second half at one point. So look, look at turnovers and look at rebounds because the rebounds are really going to show the effort and kind of the lulls that we kind of show, you know, where we ebb and flow throughout the game. So, you know, especially when NKU comes in, like, like you said, they're, they're a mid-major program on the up, but, we should dominate these guys. I mean, we sh- we really should. We shouldn't. This game should not be what Eastern Illinois was, and it shouldn't be what SMU was. So, uh, we really need to come out and show the effort and continue to play for forty minutes, as Coach Grant has said. And uh, yeah, the uh, the turnovers were not good. We had nineteen turnovers last night to eleven assists against SMU. Um, so, Thomas, your your inkling was right, and Crutcher had seven of those assists. So, I mean, I know he's going to be the main assist man all year but definitely still need some some more secondary assists from guys that would just be born out of good play you know good opportunities presenting themselves and and taking advantage definitely. i agree i think uh just a little recon on uh florida or not florida wow northern kentucky uh, is they got two junior guards i think we match up well against that uh trevor Faulkner is going to be their leading guys averaging like 15 points a game number 12 i definitely think you're going to see uh, Rodney Chapman on him. Um, but I think this, like you guys said, this is a game that we match up well. Um, I think our guards are, I mean, I, I'd like to assume our guards are going to be better than their guards. Um, and they're pretty young on the inside. So I think that um, we have a good size advantage against them. And, and if they do try to play sides with us, Jordy should have an advantage on these guys. Cause I think they're, uh, they have one true center who's like seven foot, but he's a freshman. So you know, if they want to try to match him up with Jordy, you know, Jordy should have an advantage there as well. So uh, I think this will be a good game to see what we can do and if we're able to improve on some of the mistakes we had in the SMU game, like you guys alluded to. Definitely. Yeah, they really just need to use this game to uh, increase their experience and uh, kind of, you know, gel a little bit better. Um, and you got big games coming up with Mississippi state Ole Miss. And then, you know, you're going to get into conference play soon after that. And, you know, you got Richmond's and VCU's and I'll tell you what, I know the a 10 overall has lost a couple games. Like you, you look at the uh, standings and you're like, man, like VCU's two and two or three and two or whatever it might be. But I mean, I think VCU lost two games at the buzzer this year. I mean, and, and I mean, that's, 
they're basically two games away from being 4-0. Yep. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot, and they're not the only ones. Um, there's, a, there's a number of those teams out there. Richmond's obviously beat UK, which has kind of been the big uh, big buzz in the A-10 this year, which is huge. So can't wait to play those guys. But, you know, Dayton's not there yet. They're not at that Richmond level yet. Richmond, um, you know, is the team that they should strive for to get to, to that level. Um, and in order to get there, they're going to have to really use these games um, leading up to conference play to uh, – you know, gel and just figure out this formula. I yep, totally agree. Well. That, got, that's got, what I'm looking forward to these, these team, next few so. games. Just seeing them get more comfortable and, and start to establish some more roles, like you guys have said. That's it's so important on a team. You can just tell from afar when guys know what's expected of them. They know their role. They know their job. And then they go out and do it. There's no guessing. So that I'm looking forward to, to seeing that a little more as well these next few games. All righty. Well, I think we're going to put a bow on this one, guys. Any you guys got any final thoughts? All righty. Uh, I was just going to say one thing. Uh, I'm going to be keeping my on in this final game, uh, in these next two games, is Zimmy. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to attempt his last name, as you guys probably learned through this thing. Um, but I think he's a key part. If he's, we saw it a little bit in the SMU game. If he's able to come in and play the three, that will allow us to rotate a guard out and um, go big on people. That'll be something I'll be watching, but um, I just want to say this has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it, and yeah, I'm with Danny. I hope this yeah, it's a good regular thing that we're able to do. I, you know, he was definitely a known guy from from when we got him from Florida State. You know, another big name transfer, and to me, there just hasn't been enough to even kind of have an opinion on him yet. You can definitely see the potential. He's, he's got the body, um, but just with these rotations that Grant's done so far. Haven't been able to see too much, but not not running him off at all by by any means. But uh, definitely another thing to look forward to. Hopefully against NKU, it's just yep. some more guys getting more run. All righty, well we'll talk. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, this has been fun. Go Flyers! All right, all right, guys, this has been fun. Thanks. See you. Go, Go Flyers! Flyers.